0: Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm here to introduce you to the Tier 3 podcast. The podcast that has done for Blood Bowl what Nurgle's Rot has done for the sex lives of Pestigors. Enjoy!
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the show. I hope you're doing well. It's been an extended uh, absence for us. It means as we miss December. But we're here, and this is our second take on the intro, because recordings have been shit. So, without further ado, I'll introduce my co-host, which is the man, the myth, the gravy stain,
2: Beard. Beard, how are you doing, buddy? Not too bad, it? are you doing? How you doing, Jay? Or should I say, Lord Jay? That's better. That's better.
1: I'm doing fine, my son. It's uh it's been a bit of a weird one over Christmas now because we were supposed to have a December episode out, but two things happened. I'll go over mine first, which was my microphone decided to stop working. I only found this out what four hours before we were start starting to record. Yep. It just went completely down. I couldn't do anything. There was no there was no power go into it so i've been panicking over christmas now trying to find either replacement leads or replacement mic because i was like oh no I, I what am i going to do at short notice thankfully having a, a lead and a backup lead now is going to help me and it leads me now to do a little bit more than what i was because i have decided starting in January, that on a Wednesday, I'm going to start doing Twitch painting or fumble. So it gives a little bit more visibility for tier three beard. Do you want to explain to everyone why you had uh, missed December, my boy? Well, unfortunately,
2: I was struck down by the, the dreaded lurgy that is COVID. So I, unfortunately, was rather unwell. I now have long COVID, so I'm restricted to doing not a right lot. But I am on the road to recovery now. I am getting there slowly. Yeah, you've got the of an eight year old now, have Apparently so. Apparently so. Yeah,
1: that's the thing now. Joe knows when you're having like a you're having a secret wank now because all of a sudden he's just here. <gasps> when you're finished.
2: Never mind now, that's just going up and down the stairs. <laughs> that's just grabbing the toilet roll. <laughs> That's him grabbing his sock.
1: Oh, oh, oh. oh sorry, bud. I couldn't I couldn't resist. I know it's your illness, but I couldn't resist taking the
2: piss. I did notice. I did notice. It wouldn't be me, would it? It wouldn't. It wouldn't at all. No. So
1: we... Well, I say we. I have decided now, Channel now has got a, um, a coffee page now. There is going to be a link to the tier three coffee page in the descri- description. And our sponsor, which is... Firestone games
2: it is you can go to Firestone games using our affiliate link uh you can buy all your goodies through that and we get a little kickback which enables us to either do giveaways offer price support events we go to and so on so if you could use that link it would be greatly appreciated yes
1: see i've managed to remember to do it now instead of doing it right at the end of the show yeah i can tell you have had a break uh check them out They're in the description below our affiliate link and our coffee page Let's crack on now, then Beard. We've been away for a bit. What have we done? We had, we had a tournament in December, didn't we? So do you want to tell people about that?
2: We did. We went to the Christmas Chainsaw Massacre, our local club in Merthyr. I took Dwarfs, and I played. I played my three games. I'm trying to remember now exactly what I played against. I played Snotlings first. I played Necro, and I played Chaos.
1: Nice. And how did those games go?
2: Bert? they went. Badly, worse, and then even worse. So much so that we ended up somewhere near the bottom tables. I enjoyed the games, though. They were they were fun games. They were just straight punch fest, as you expect, with dwarves. It was what it was. Didn't go expecting to do any well. So, you know, I was quite happy with that.
1: We had the expectation of we were going to have fun on the bottom tables, didn't we? We didn't give a shit at this point. Absolutely. It was our friend's tournament. So we went with the intention of just having a laugh. Yeah, I think... I took my black Orcs and I got the shit kicked on me all day. i got to be honest. I don't know how I didn't get the wooden spoon, though. Somebody else got that. But I lost against Dwarves. I drew against Snotlins, I think, if I remember rightly. Because it was a case of... Well, you've seen me play Snotlins. Somehow, the motherfuckers are made of rubber. <laughs> Any of the big guys, they go down. They go off the pitch. They have time on the reserve box, right? That's fine. But somehow... I don't know whether it's just me or I'm just one of these really unfortunate ones that whenever I play snotlings or whenever I play ogres, it's it's like having rubber balls on the pitch. I can hit them, they go down, bounce back up, no problem, no damage to the armor, no being sent off, and then it's just like, what what the fuck am I supposed to do with these? Like, it's just for some reason I cannot kill them. It just it baffles me sometimes the way people are, beat, are you, people oh it, it, they're only tier 3 teams don't worry about it you know oh it's, it's fucking Snot man. what are they going to do with his strength one be annoying as They that's what they're going to be it's just for some reason it must be me I must have got like a mental block on it. I can't kill him and then my last game I played Undead i done a little bit better with my casualties but I'll call, it, I'll call the game as it was right I'm not saying this as a slight i say the game as it was playing against one of our friends and it was his son but I think he was trying to help his son, but it turned out like I was playing two people, really. And by the end of the day, my head was shot anyway, so I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm not, u- I'm not using his excuse, but it was a good day. Somehow I avoided the the wooden spoon, and I don't know how. and I'm so gutted about it because I think I played so badly, I deserved it. Sadly, somebody else had that. I was totally fucking gutted about that. Yeah, it was a, it was a good start to December because I believe. About a week after that, we signed up to the Squad Chaos Fumble League now, know not
2: it? We have.
1: What team have you taken for that, my boy?
2: Both, again. I see a pattern with this now. And how are you doing? 2-1-2, and two, I think, at the minute. I will double-check that now. I got an admin win, despite asking and saying it should have been a draw, because we both couldn't make it. I am 2-1-2. and two. I have, so far, I've drawn against Underworld, one all. I've lost to elven union i lost 1-0 to nurgle i got an admin win then against tier 3 lizards and then i played chaos dwarf top of the table i managed to eke out a 1-0 win i just got very very lucky in the second half the dice were absolutely even all the way through except End of the first half, I my opponent was going for a blitz and needed uh, it was two dice and needed basically a block or defender stumbles and would have stopped me and got both pushes and pushed me over the line. End of the second half, I was doing exactly the same to him and I got both POWs. And it was just literally those two actions to dice opposite. Other than that, the entire game was perfectly even. Even down to the number of removals was pretty much even throughout. It was one for one all the way through. So I'm not doing too bad in that. I am third at the moment. I have corn and dark elves still to play. How are you getting on in the fumble league at the minute? Abysmally but
1: I have taken Chaos Dwarves and well, I think I've been well, lucky first two rounds and then round three and round four and round five at the shit shows and I'm not gonna explain them now. Round one, I was playing Norse and I won three nil. It was very unfortunate. The dice were not in his favour, players were exploding all over the place. It was one of those games where I felt bad scoring. He was awesome playing, but it was not a lot he can do when his players were just exploding, so the dice were against him. That was his biggest opponent, was the dice. And then round two, I played Thor and his Black Oaks, which resulted in a nil nil draw because I was just stuck in the middle with black oaks and my centaurs couldn't even knock out the friggin' goblin. They were just pushing them about the place. So, goblins being annoying little fuckers as usual. I, I've i seen them do that on the field plenty of times. Round three, I played Banshees, which are Elven Union. And then I lost 2-0. Because even though their players were exploding, they were able to outmaneuver me. You know, it's uh, dodging on a 2+, plus no matter what, was uh, helpful in that scenario. Round four, I played Dwarves. And it was a 2-1 loss. Because he managed to frenzy some of my centaurs off the pitch. And yeah, in a slugfest I was just losing. The dice were betraying me. As you could tell, I had such a good start. And then slowly the dice have been betraying me. Which leads you to round 5. Where I played our good friend Eczema Beard. And he's shambling and dead. And I will tell you this now. I had the same game as Land Rover had on the first week. He had a TV advantage over me. Which meant I thought. Do you know what? I'm going to have a laugh by I'm going to get Blackhoff on the pitch. I thought. Let's tr- let's test him out. He had the first turn. The first tackle went against Blackhoff. One dice. Pow. Knocked him down. Broke his armour. Killed him. Oof. First hit. Just went. Boom. And you could just see my, my TV equaliser. Just exploded on the first fucking turn. So you can imagine what the rest of the game was like. It was just. Dwarves down, dwarves off, people exploding, and it just resulted in a 3 0 So it was nothing I could do. It was to the point of I was by e turn six of the second half. I was just moving my guys so they were out of the way. I was just like, yeah, well, you have this, third, you have the third uh, touchdown, but because I just want to keep, I just want to save some of my players that are on the pitch. I don't want to explode it anymore. I was uh, feeling what uh, Landover felt at the uh, first week, so it was it was harsh like surely now i can't have another bad week like that again but i've got demons of corn next and then imperial nobility so that's my round six and round seven i'm not having a very good uh, league i'm down at position seven at the moment
0: hello blood bowl grud here are you looking for a new pair of boots for your blood bowl game Or well, why not try a new Orchidas tier threes Every size from Snotling to Ogre. And the guarantee is... Stamp. And the elf is gone. Oh, we all hate war dancers,
2: don't we? Hello everybody and welcome back after the uh, musical interlude. Now it's time for quick kickstarter corner for this month i say quick because that's it there's absolutely nothing in the cupboard the cupboard is bare if you have any kickstarters that you want us to review for next month or there's any that you're thinking about backing and you want our opinions or if you know somebody doing a kickstarter and you want us to give them a little push drop us a message either on facebook twitter instagram drop us an email Uh, you can find us by looking at tier 3 podcast or by going tier 3 podcast at outlook.com let us know if there's something you see or you want us to review and hopefully we'll have some kickstarters for you next month now that we're past this month's kickstarter corner coming on to hobby then uh so jay what have you been up to in the uh few weeks since we've last recorded
1: right well i what did did i say we've done last time i bought the corn dice I bought the corn spike. I think I might have mentioned that. On the previous podcast. But I'm going to mention it now. I've done that. What else was I doing? So I bought the corn team on top of that. And I built it. Primed it. Mostly base coat by this point. It's not far off needing a few uh, a few um, washes. That's nearly done. That's nearly done I would say. But then what happened was Grebo came in the middle of all this because like we said in our last podcast we were going to be putting forward for the Grebo Chaos Dwarves. I believe Grebo said it was a fastest successful project. They had the pledge and I think about three days after I give my money the models were on my doorstep. I think it's been absolutely amazing. The first two days of me having the models was me messaging Beard talking about how sweet the bloody models were the detail on them oh i tell you what it it, i was itching to paint them i gotta be honest it was amazing i was stuck in work just looking at this pile of resin from greebo and it was absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah, it's my, it's my first grebo team as well, so I'm kind of chuffed as well. So I feel like I've I've hit a Blood Bowl uh, marker.
2: You've popped your Griebo cherry. Pop my Griebo cherry. Yeah, I think two days after you got your team, my team turned up. I think I bought a slightly different star player from you. But other than that, we pretty much got exactly the same. For me, I've, I've done a test scheme of bronze and black or dark grey. So I've done a test Hobgoblin and a test off. haven't quite done the bone or straps on them yet, but I've got all the black undercoating on everything else done for the main team now, for cloaks and for armour, for bronze. I finished a second Nurgle Warrior and tested some liquid bases, so I have my Lovecraft themed Nurgle team starting. I bought some Skaven dice yesterday off a Facebook group, so I've got them coming for when I do eventually get a Skaven team. I spent two days reorganising my hobby shelves while I was unwell, something that should have taken about an hour to took me two days so i now have more room on the painted shelf and more room on the in progress shelf to buy more teams so that's that's on the go but i am hoping to chew through some of these teams and get some of these teams painted up i think once i finish the Chorf team it'll be nurgle and norse next i think for me and then once i've got those three out the way i'll probably move on to a couple of teams i'm halfway through painting and go from there
1: you've had a busy uh, month and a bit then is it
2: Well, I have when I wasn't ill, and then I have when I've partly recovered, because even sitting and doing not a right lot I still get out of breath with because of the COVID so it's it's slow progress a bit of painting that should have taken two hours it took me about eight hours the other day because it's slow going but it is what it is the missus bought me a new paint rack so I built that up on Christmas day which is giving me more room to buy more paint it's almost like I'm setting up to buy more hobby stuff here it is it is it's it's almost like that I did work out that if I moved some of my shelves I could buy two more shelves and get two more display shelves in but yeah my hobby been slow going i did find a box and two sprues of the aosc elves so i'm going to be tidying them up taking some of the weapons off and i'm going to be making myself a mixed elf team out of those at some point that's another another team to add to the pile of shame to get through nice but they will look a little bit different that's uh, that's my hobby the missus also bought me a new cutting mat which went on my desk Set my desk she bought me a new microphone so that'll be useful for recordings and streaming when i ever get round to doing that but other than that yeah it's been uh it's been quite a quiet hobby month
1: well wow, that does sound like quite a quiet hobby month am i ready to go back to my hobby progress
2: Sorry, yes, I did jump in and interrupt. (laughs) Carry on, Lord Jones. You
1: know, it was just just a slight deviation and when I saw where was I? Yes. I've done a little bit of code. Rebo turned up. It's it's mostly sticking to bases. They've been all undercoated. So it's I'm getting through it. When I'm not editing now, I'm gonna be painting. I built two vampire lords for my Soul Blight Army. They are gonna be undercoated the next time we've got dry day because they might be the subject of a Twitter paint night because they fucking it's gw it doesn't matter if i muck them up they're not my green ball team what was it what else did i do mrs bought me scala i got a lovely corn uh, star player i've got a couple of things for my cruel boys now as well so i've got to get my aos hat on halfway through the week i've painted some more cruel boys as well because i've nearly finished two lots of the Boater Boys. Over Christmas, I have learned how to play Pokemon Battle Cards. That's been a whole new thing now because my little un is now of the age of he wants to do nerdy things and to him, nerdy things are Pokemon. Not sitting there playing Blood Bowl with his father. So I've had to learn how to do that. But it's been fun. trying to think what else now. I've... I've nearly finished the corn team. Just started my chaos team. I've done nearly two uni- two units of Boater Boys. But they're not on bases yet. I've nearly finished my Vulture boss for my Kruber Boys as well. So he's got to be undercoated at some point. Because I've had to make a little base for him. To make him look a bit bigger what he is i made a start on my marvel crisis protocol models i've painted some more Skaven for my Worlds team i've been a bit of a hodgepodge this month the bbc facebook group you can see one of the chaos dwarves i painted because i put up my test model so i'm slowly getting through the hobgoblins now just to see what i could do with green and the color scheme i gotta just split my time now but it's going to be hard because i'm gonna i'm gonna share this now because it's a hobby you know it's downtime in between painting and finishing work that by the end of the month i'm going to be having a little less time to do my models because stupid me ordered myself playstation 5 so i'm going to be nerding out so i can't wait the only problem is be you gonna have probably have to mute the whatsapp up for about a week next time we come back to our hobby section we're going to be talking about midwinter madness which we will be going to yeah and probably would have been back from when this recording goes out i'm going to be taking my pro elves you're going to be taking dwarves in it yeah it's not our usual halfling and black oak combo that we do so we're trying something different out but majority of this year being what team are you dedicated
2: to the most of this year then? I'm not, I'm going to take what I fancy. Oh! I want to take my choice to something when I get them finished, whether that's local league, whether that is sevens, whether that is thread or other events we go to, I don't know yet, but I do want to take them to something. Again, the Willy Minis uh, goblin team as and when that turns up and I get it finished, again, I want to take that to something. Again, whether that's, I, I doubt it'll be league that will more than likely be uh some form of event, but I want to take that to something. Again, I want to take Norse to something when I get them finished. So it's going to be a case of what's finished and what events we go to when.
1: I'm kind of hoping William Ingers at the moment is going to pull up his big boy pants and get these teams out soon because I think Goblin Team, if we can get
2: it in a reasonable
1: time, I want to get off
2: a thread. But regarding hobby, I think I think that pretty much covers it at this point for for the last couple of months. Yeah. I've been playing around with contrast colours. I'm gonna be doing a bit more trying about with them. That's how I've achieved the bronze. So contrasts are a new thing. I'm fully on board with them and I'm giving them a go. I do recommend them. They take a little bit of work, but yeah, they're they're a good tool to have. But yeah, that's that's I think that's hobby.
1: Ooh, before we go, I'm gonna cut in. I'm gonna I bought myself Just before Christmas. A hobby mat from uh, Green Stuff World. And I wouldn't say it's a cutting mat. It's a painting mat, I would say. It's a silicone mat and it's very nice. And I've lived with it now for about a month. Mm. And i got to say, it's absolutely fantastic. Because it is silicone based, it is washable. You can just get a cloth, wipe it down, fold it up, put it away when you don't need it. But the one good thing about this is on the mat itself, you've got... You 20 got twenty-four different like mixing test areas, hmm. so you can literally put dropper bottles on your uh, mat. Mixing colors and see what you think about them it's really useful they've also decided that on these mats shield pictures you've got faces bodies if you're into 40k power armor if you're in fantasy they've just got normal armor or they've just got like basic just skin tones so you could practice so you could practice painting a like a test scheme on like pictures you go oh i like that and then you go put it to your models. You don't have to go down the old-fashioned way of, I'm going to just do a model. You do it on these mats. And then, say you haven't put a lot of paint on your mixing test areas, you can just literally take it out of the kitchen, get it running under the tap, wash it off, and it's back to normal. That's quite a cool idea. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. Because it's all different armour types, all different painting areas. It wasn't expensive at all. If that's that type of thing interests you, I will say head on over to Green Stuff World. They are, they're not sponsoring us by any means. But I think it's such a good idea, I'd like people to try it out. Now that's the end of the hobby section, and what we're going to do, we're going to come back after the music, and we're going to talk FAQ. FAQ
0: it is. So we'll do that. And she said to me, you're not putting it in there. I'm not a halfling. (laughs) Oh, hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. When I'm eating a McMurtis burger, the thing I like to do is listen to the Tier 3 podcast. Great advice, great lads.
1: Right then guys, so here's where we're going to talk about the errata, we're going to pick up bits that we've noticed and just give you our opinions on it, whether it's right or wrong is another matter. But from what I can see about what they've added to the recent run of the errata is it's a lot of
2: wording changes. I would. I'd agree with that. It's it's mainly wording changes just to simplify and clarify rather than big overall game mechanic changes. Yeah, so what we'll do is we're going to go through some of the lighter ones first. Then
1: we'll go the bigger ones because we know these changes to the tiers. We know there's changes to like well, the swarming rule, basically. So we'll work up to that. And then if there's any more we want to pick out, we'll pick that out towards the end. We're going to start off. There's a characteristic reduction clarification. And this confuses me in the wrong way because I didn't realise people didn't understand the reduction part of it.
2: Do you know what I mean, Beard? It was... I know what you mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, to me, is if you make any the agility worse, like they've said on yeah you go from agility four to five, and if you're hitting on the strength, you get weaker, so it's strength four to three. So... Is there people being out there going, oh, well, if my agility's is worse, do I go to three plus? I,
2: I don't think it's necessarily a case of people doing that. I think it's, it's the old rules as written versus rules as intended argument. Because if you read it as it's written, the characteristic is reduced, which five plus would go down to four plus. However, you are absolutely right and you've said exactly what the clarification is. It makes the statistic worse. So if it's strength, it's reduced. If it's movement, it's reduced. If it's a dice roll, the, the number goes up so that your chance of succeeding is reduced. I, I just think it was more a case of they've seen that there's been a rules as written versus rules as intended argument and they've just clarified what they mean by it so there's less arguments around it. I think that's all it is for me. The next one that's cropped up is the clarification to stalling. And I l- absolutely love the way they've worded this. If a player is able to move into your opposition's end zone without needing to roll any dice.
1: Yeah, but right, they've made this big thing about stalling. How often is stalling affected in the game? Because you, you've gone to tournaments, people still stall. And with some tournaments going, well, we're not doing the praise prison nuffle. It's only in that nuffle table that is the negative for stolen. If they don't play that, you haven't got the chance of negating the stolen. So it's still a viable tactic. I don't know. Is is it really needed to add more clarification to it when it's a rule that is there's no negative for it other than like some random rule that sometimes sees like today.
2: I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I do remember when 2020 edition first dropped, and there was a lot of talk, like you said it's very rare that stalling impacts a game but there are a lot of questions asked in various platforms of would this be a stall is that a stall what is stalling is this just stalling is it a viable tactic so They've probably seen it drop, and I don't know whether it's their play testing or it's come up more often than we've seen it. I don't think I've ever seen the prayer and awful impact stalling. I don't think I've ever seen it have any impact on the game. More often than not, the time that I've seen stalling come up is watching streams of Blood Bowl 2 where somebody goes, ah the old 2-1 grind i'll stall this out as long as possible it's like if if there was a mechanic where if you were stalling automatically roll a d6 and this happens on a three plus or a two plus and it was a much much bigger thing where more often than not if you stall your guy's going to get killed Mm. it's a turnover for instance if that happened more often than it We've seen it happen. I could get why a clarification was needed, and I could get why there's a big hoo ha about it. But it very rarely happens. So for me, it's other than going stalling is a tactic to drag out scoring so your opponent has less time to score. I don't really get the big sort of back and forth about stalling, personally. No. Maybe, maybe it's just because I don't have the ball enough and get anywhere near the end zone to score. That might be part of it. Yeah, I, I don't really get the big need for going over stalling as much as GW seen to. You've
1: just covered it in what you said, is if there was, say that Prader-Nuffell thing where you, what's it called, throw a rock or something like that? Yeah. If you stole for, say, two rounds, someone in the crowd threw a rock, or whatever, right? Say that was a rule outside of the praise and Nuffel. I can see stalling, that would be a big thing of, do I risk stalling an extra turn, and then, because it's a dice, I might get away with it, or do I have to move him after this one turn of stalling? It would have been more of a tactical choice, but like we've said, it's some of the tournaments allow the praise and Nuffel table, some don't. So stalling is just a...
2: Tactic that everyone uses. Yeah, it's clarifying a once in a blue moon situation that's that's all it is but it ne- needs four paragraphs yeah it might just be one of those things that when they've done it it's come up and it, between 10 of them sat around one table they've not been able to decide what to do so they might have just gone you know what bollocks to it. we'll write something in the book yeah it might have happened once and they've gone well hang on because that's taken us some time to think about we need to clarify this whereas other scenarios where most people have been totally sensible about it they've not bothered to put in because they've just gone oh yeah we do this because they've they've known what they already knew by the rule they it that's what i think it's a case of
1: what i would like to do is don't the game designers i'd love to get on a phone call with them and see how they wrote it the play tested and go back to it so if any listeners follow the game designers send them a tweet or a message on facebook saying tier three podcast wants to interview them just let them know because i'd love to have a talk with them about how much stalling has come up from it's just one of those random things i i'm Going off topic as usual. Right, next up, there's a lot of points about what skills can be used when. We've got Jump Up, Ball and Chain, Loner and Timber. They to be used if a player is prone or has lost a tackle zone. Because there's been a lot of questions about what skills can be used when that happens. So, like, Loner must always happen there's no way around loner loner you're you're not gonna get out of that no matter whether the guy's up down on the bench or what timber is the whole point of it is if he is prone and same with ball and chain that's just something you've got to do uh safe pay of hands and bombardier can be used if the player's prone so if they get up and they throw the ball or throw the uh the bomb And then for the last bit, they said foul appearance, iron hard skin, regen, right stuff and stunty is if the player is prone, stunned or has lost a tackle zone. So there's no getting away from those skills, which, yeah, I'm glad they've clarified this. I think if you sat down and actually read the, the wording, it's obvious, but they have clarified it, which is good. There's no more arguments now. There's probably other skills that they could do this for, yep. but we haven't come across them in our small little uh, tournament coverage. I think that's a nice couple of points that they've made with there. They've also then said about the fireball for a wizard that's got to be cast at the end of either player's team turn, but before the next turn. Redrafting now, they've said, if you're going to redraft your team for another season, the dedicated fans carry over for free, but they affected TV. I like that. A straightforward couple of points but there now. Before we go into the death zone, we've got a couple of points changes.
2: Well, actually, cost changes. Do you want to cover that? Yep, so... GW have obviously had an eye on some of the events that have been going on. Either that or the sales for these two guys, resin models from Forge World, have, uh finally at target. Hackflem has changed to 210,000, and Morg has changed to 380,000. Yeah, fuck him. I hate him. Oh, no, he
1: was, he was just... Oh, he's fucked me over so much. Oh, i got to be honest. I think he done more damage to me. And hack hackflem did and i think out of the two of them we saw more Hack Flem's in teams because
2: like some teams were built around them we did the actual point increases are absolutely fair on those two for what they do to put the points back up again i think it's fair it may mean that we see other stars more often it may mean that people have to either knock on the head a re-roll or a bench to be able to fit these guys in most tournaments You buy 11 before star players, so it may mean you have a bench of one to fit one of these in, rather than a bench of two, or maybe three. I think adjustments will be made. I think you will still see Hackflam and Morg. I think you're going to see more Hackflam. I think
1: Morg has now been put at a point where he can't be considered. Like I might be wrong, but I think where his points are now, it's better to take deep root if you're taking halflings. I think you get. I think you get more for your points if you take Farag for like goblins and stuff like that. Hack on the other hand, is he's still viable. I'm surprised Griff didn't get an increase personally. This is the other side of the coin, though, because when people have talked about Griff and they say Griff doing Griff things, right? I've never seen him do Griff things against me. Like he might stand up once or twice. He's been manageable like you know he's able to go down you're able to break his armor you know he might go off for one or two turns so you can still play against him when people have got high armor high strength and you've got to commit more players to him. At the end of the day he's still strength three and the same with Flem he's not very strong but his agility keeps him from being a target because he can move out the way hackflem is he, you can sit him right back and then when everyone's pulled forward you could just run around he's like shane williams he yeah. could just run around the outside and up the fucking wing he's gone but you've got to really think about how you lay out the team because like he was viable for every team that could take him you know it was it was impossible not to take him because at his points by pricing him, like guess, if people have taken Chaos Dwarfs or they've taken Nurgle, they've got to really think hard about, is it worth me taking a re-roll? Is it worth me taking two re-rolls and say Max? Because he might be a chainsaw, might be a secret weapon, but he's got a lot of punch because of that special rule. That might be more points efficient now. So people have really got to think about how they're going to manage their teams now. It's going to be an interesting year now that he's not dirt cheap and available to everyone like we played in that league but i was like at one point i could afford a hack for him and acorn and acorn's just dirty for the price i know he's strength one and he can go off to a bloody stiff breeze but when you roll well for him he's fucking taking people off yeah and he's a secondary star player like you don't mind throwing that away because like he's taking eyes off your main one then isn't it yeah Right, well, it is what it is, isn't it? So we'll see how these new points affect ongoing leagues and tournaments now.
2: Absolutely. The other point I wanted to talk about was swarming. So swarming is still the same, D3. However, you must ha- already have that many players on the pitch to be able to do this. Yeah. And secondly, the b- the big thing that I'm surprised by, swarming players must be set up in their team's half.
1: Oh, no, that's always been a the thing. They've always been there. That's been the rule. They've always had to be in, your half, but they weren't allowed on the wings. So they had to go into your main bit. Like we've said. The main part of this rule. Is you must have equal amount on the pitch. Than you would in your box. So if you roll say D3. But you've only got two on the pitch. You can only put two from your reserves. It's a big shaker to let's call it as it is underworld teams because that's the ones that benefited massively from this because you would have your plethora of rats you could then have your goblins and then you just have your little munchkins coming in as extras yeah it means that you're probably gonna have to draw two goblins rather than say having four you gonna have to drop two to make sure you have at least two coming on for swarming yeah it's a good equalizer i don't know it it's, it feels cheap now that they've done it but like I know we complained then. Underworld was having like 14 players on a pitch Yeah, it it's something hard to be done to stop that but yeah. what it means now is now Underworlds can invest in more inducements they can invest they probably got more money now to put towards star players so you see at the tournament yeah okay they're not taking as many goblins but now they've got more snotlings which means they got they got extra cash to go towards Hackflare now so it's no different uh, more snotlings more things to squish more snotlings more things to keep your rat ogre running forward and beating the shit out of people exactly it's a good rule and considering they've done a tier change for underworld this could knock them back a bit i say that let's let's have a look at the tiers now what they've done is in tier one now they've given High elves and underworlds, uh, they were both tier two, but they've had such a good yep. tournament seeing leagues, seeing you know, people have been talking massively about these two teams that they've decided the power of these teams are tier one. With underworlds now, I feel where they had the advantage of swarming because of the Snotlins were extra to goblins and the Skaven. Now you've got to have equal Snotlins on and off the pitch. I feel they possibly might not be a strong tier 1 team as they were. It might be tier 1, possibly top tier 2. It might have knocked them back down a bit. So I think either they should have done the tier in or the swarming rule change and then see how each one was affected. But I am not a uh, game designer at GW. That's uh, not for me to decide. And then in tier 2, people who got relegated were the Old World Alliance, Humans and Orcs. And I was surprised cause I didn't think Old World Alliance
2: was a tier 1 team I thought they were tier 2 they were released as tier 1 and I think they were released as tier 1 and this is only my theory because they were made up of tier 1 players so humans and dwarfs mainly and I think because they were mainly tier 1 players regardless of them having animosity to each other and having not quite having the same skills because we've discussed dwarves on OWA not having the same skills as regular dwarfs I think it's a case that they went actually very few people are taking OWA and where they are they're not doing very well at all these need to be dropped which you know, as we know for events your, your points costs, they can vary ever so slightly and again skills packages, you can get an extra couple of skills on there which might make a little bit of a difference but I think for me OWA, because the animosity, I think they are a, they're a solid mid tier 2 team for me, possibly top end of tier 2 in the right players hands Humans for me are definitely a tier 1 team in the right hands but again I think they've dropped them to tier 2 because they're a team that you can make mistakes with because something of something about everything you can give everything a go and they're quite forgiving in that sense but they're jack of all trades they don't master at something such as amazon's mastering at dodging away dwarfs mastering hitting things owa and humans don't really excel in one thing no i think that's why they got relegated to tier two
1: yeah gotta be honest i i'm not a big fan of OWA I, th- I think it's an awful team and I think at the time it felt like a massive money grab because it was like oh we've got all these space sprues let's just chuck them in a box and call it a team Yeah, that's that's what it felt like it was one sprue of each yep. one you, you can't buy the boxes anymore can you because I think they, they stopped doing other no. So OWA or Underworlds. now you've got to buy a goblin box or a Snotland box rats as well so you've got to buy three boxes for it now So,
2: but that's the same as Chaos, Ch- uh, Chaos Renegades Chaos Renegades you need four or five boxes to be able to do if, you, if you're going to have something of everything.
1: Yeah, it's Chaos Renegades. You That's a hobby commitment, that is, because of how much you're oh, checking is. it. And I think we might I, have I to cover I, that soon. But the one team I'm not surprised at that's gone into Tier 2 are the Orcs, because I've played a, quite a few Orcs against my Black Orcs, and they, they. I'm not saying Black Orcs run away with it all the time, but they tend to have the better of the matchup. Orcs, I don't know whether it's the animosity bit or... It's just the fact that they're quite a middle-of-the-road strength, if you don't look at their big guns, that they can get overpowered in certain situations. Being a tier 2 is quite fair, because it's... A good learning team i still think dark elves are a better learning team than humans but orcs i think is they've hit just the right tier for them let's see what this year does and then see what was it next november they might change the tiers again
2: I, I would agree with your assessment on orcs there i think they are pardon the expression their strength lies in their biggins once you remove a couple of the biggins they're very much a strength three team across the board with three or four block on the blitzers That's it. There's not really a lot there to differentiate them from humans. So I think tier two is is very fair for them. Yeah,
1: they're they're a human team with slightly worse throw-in reads.
2: Yeah, because you've got blitzers on either side that have block. You've got basic linemen who are pretty much the same stats. Humans can now take halflings. Orcs have goblins. You can have a troll versus an ogre. I think the only difference really is that orcs can have mass strength fall through the big ones, which they can be an absolute pain to to level up. So, yeah, I think tier two is absolutely fair for them. I think that's that and Underworld going up to tier one are probably the two fairest changes in that sense. I think OWA is an obvious one going down because of how poorly they've done at events. I think they're a nice fluff team and I would like to see more fluff mixed teams but then because we've now got Dungeon Bowl, you get that mixed team thing in Dungeon Bowl so I don't think it's really needed and part of me could even see OWA possibly being phased out of uh, Main Blood Bowl.
1: I don't think OWA are going
2: to be phased
1: out unless we get a new season in the next six years and then they just don't do him I can't see him being phased out I guess yes they're going to keep him there because of an investment that the player's got to make who make that team? Uh, I don't know. We need to see more people play OWA to get a fair assessment because I think wasn't it Mike that was admin for BBC up until the other week was collecting st- statistics when he? and I think OWA was played half as much as everyone else, and they were just, because they were play- played as half as much as everyone else. The uh, losses and ranking looked worse when everyone has had double the games to even out where they stand owa is still building up to that point let's see where they go going back to it then we've got just a few wording clarifications like eileen and because i know a lot of people are querying when does the minus one modifier for the journeyman come in it's on every journeyman after the first one so it's what i would say 60 percent of the bbc community was saying at the time but now we've got confirmation so there shouldn't be any problems with that mercs they've now said that they can improve or reduce a characteristic once so that limits the options you would take on them does that even out mercs i don't use them often i think midwinter madness is going to be the first time i've got a merc on my team i can't possibly comment. If you guys use Mercs regularly, let me know what you think of them. Send an email in at t 3 podcastoutlookcom at outlook.com and then see what your comments are and we'll read them out on the show. And then there's a Sevens setup clarification. Beard, do you want to go over
2: that? Yep, so this goes back to a conversation we've had a couple of episodes ago now. What happens during a kick off on Sevens? So they've worded it that when the kicking team kicks off, a touchback will be caused if the ball goes off the pitch which we knew or crosses a line of scrimmage into the kicking team's third so basically if the ball lands in no man's land in the middle or if it lands in the receiving team's third no touchback is caused so it can go into the middle for a short kick or it can go right into the opposition third, which is pretty much what we agreed on. That no man's land is 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 viable for a kick to land in. So that has clarified up quite a few conversations we've seen and had with people. And I, I think that's that's a fair assessment because that one was something that had come up quite a bit because it wasn't entirely clear. When they say half and then the ball's divided into three, where do you again, pardon the expression draw the line but no that's i think that's fair for everyone because both teams can take advantage of that if you're the kicking team and it stops one square in front of your team and the opposition have to move all the way across no man's land to get near it well them's the bricks sometimes that's that's what happens
1: yeah i think that's everything from november 2021 was there anything in this rata that you wanted to go over? Uh
2: there's just a couple of other things that I'd sort of picked up on. They said rooted trees can take wrestle or pile driver.
1: Well yeah, a rooted tree has just got the inability to move and it? it doesn't stop it doing anything.
2: Exactly. So they can use those, but the, the reason why I mentioned that is you can choose to go prone, which therefore ends the route. So when you next stand up, you're no longer rooted. So that for me as a halfling player, I sat there and gone. Well, if I, if I get knocked down early, that's actually quite viable. If I'm playing in a league and there's a lot of teams who are strengthening or have block that are targeting the tree's early games, if I get a level up on that tree, I might debate taking Wrestle or Pile Driver so that I know, oh, well, if it's rooted and it goes down, well, you know what, I'll, I'll take the down to stand mm-hmm. up and be unrooted again.
1: Oh no, that's fair enough. The other thing is, you know as well as I do, the first thing everybody does as soon as they've got the option is they run away from the trees as soon as they know it's rooted. The the best way to stop a tree going down prone is to just stay away from it, isn't it?
2: It is. But then, if you're if you're the halfling player with two trees, you could push an opposition player from one tree onto another. You know, you could push players to the tree, the the rooted tree, so the rooted tree has a chance of sorting the route out that's what i was thinking
1: oh yeah that's that's a good plan
2: you are right you usually when they're rooted people just run around them and ignore them then yeah that problems usually resolve itself then
1: nobody's that. so i think we've said everything we want to say so i think we should end the show with there because we've got nothing else to say so it's a goodbye from me
2: and it's a goodbye
1: from me and we'll see you on the next episode take care all